the Free Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Mintz and Joseph Nardone. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. I am your co-host, Jared Mintz, and joining me today and every other day that we record this fine podcast is Joe Nardone. We are recording on Monday, September 26th. Joe, how's your Monday going? It's going smoothly, no complaints. Got the kids off to school, sitting at my kitchen counter, about to record the podcast with you, drinking a cup of coffee, enjoying life. That's great, man. I'm glad to hear it. All good things. Uh, we're going to start the show off actually on a little bit of a somber note. Um, we had a rough weekend in the sports community. Tragic loss of Marlins pitcher Jose Fernandez, who was just 24 years old. I think a lot of us woke up to the news Sunday morning that Fernandez had died in a boating accident. And uh, it's, it's really sad. I mean, it'd be sad if he wasn't a good baseball player or even if he wasn't a baseball player. But he was a phenom and everything. I haven't seen it anybody say one bad thing about Fernandez it's been you know I know obviously we we say good things about people when they pass away but even while he was alive people loved him he was revered I obviously he defected from Cuba um but just very sad to to lose Jose Fernandez also Arnold Palmer passed away last night he was 87 years old and he passed away due to heart complications Arnold Palmer is considered, you know, one of the greatest golfers of all time, and uh, I don't have much to say about about Palmer. Joe, I, I don't know if you're a big golf guy or if you care for Arnie beyond the great beverage that's been named after him. But anything you want to add on on either of these losses? Um, the Fernandez thing's sad. It's tragic. Twenty four years old. That's obviously far too young. Um, not that it's cool that Arnold Palmer Palmer died at eighty seven, but at least he had his fair run at life. Um. It's just sad and it's tragic, and like you said, nobody had any bad things to say about Fernandez. Um, really, do people have bad things to say when somebody dies? Um, but yeah, man, it just sucks, and it's just another cool reminder that life could be really short and that each day is precious. Yeah, absolutely, and it's sad, you know, we kind of need those reminders, but it just it reinforces that. And again, I mean, go on Twitter and search Jose Fernandez. Just. All the gifts that have been compiled of cool things he's done on the baseball field, all, all the stories that have been written about, you know, how genuine and sincere of a person he was off the baseball field. And again, we're talking about a 24-year-old kid here, so it's it's very sad. Baseball world was kind of shaken up yesterday, and uh, yeah, we it's it's hard to to find a way to talk about this in in a way other than just paying respects and offering condolences. But um, very sad news. Joe, you ready to get into the meat of the show today? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to start off with college football where... No, I don't know a if, copy in my mouth saying mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if it was so surprising. It kind of felt like the writing had been on the wall for a little bit of time now, but the LSU Tigers firing less miles after 12 years. Most would say 12 successful years, even though the program's off to a 2-2 two and two start this season. A little bit of controversy in Saturday's loss against Auburn, but... A loss is a loss, and, and Les and his team were 2-2, two and two, so Les Miles is gone. Offensive coordinator Cam Cameron is gone. Joe, where does LSU go from here, and was this the right move for them? Uh, I don't know if it was the right move for them. Here's the thing. like You're going to hear the Tom Herman rumors, the, the Houston coach, and you're going to hear rumors about Jimbo Fisher, although Florida State's probably a better job than LSU. Um, you're going to hear all the big-name rumors. For that job, I don't know if there's going to be any big names actually available. Uh, so for that reason alone, I don't know if it's an ideal time to fire him. 
Um, you're not going to find a coach before the season's over. Like, you almost think, like, hey, why do you just write out the season with the dude? Um, because now you're just kind of putting the players in a position to fend for themselves. Um, Miles' run was good with LSU. I know he, he took over after Saban and then there's high expectations, but, like, I, I don't know what kind of program the LSU actually is. And I know they were very successful, mostly consistently on a yearly basis under Les Miles. And I don't know if they're going to find anybody to do a similar thing after this. So are you just replacing him because he had a couple bad years, or are you replacing him because you think he could do better? And I don't necessarily think they could do better. Like, I don't think Tom Herman's going to LSU. And I don't think LSU's a better job than Florida State, so I don't think Jimbo Fisher's going there either. So unless you plan on a hiring... I guess an NFL coach. I don't. Right. I don't see. I don't see the, the logic here. Right. The, at least timing wise, I understand wanting to get rid of them. I just don't understand. Like, I don't think they have anything positive lined up. Right. And I mean, it, it appears Ed Orgeron's probably going to ride out the rest of the season. Who I guess he's a filling coach extraordinaire at this point. You think he has any job of of winning or any? I'm sorry. Think he has any chance of winning that job and and remaining coach long term, or is this just a fill in for for Orgeron and LSU? Uh, probably just a villain. I mean, there's a reason why. Random recording, technical difficulties. I don't know what happened, so we lost our train of thought. But now we're back, 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 back. And I don't know why it's like that, but he's just... He's just not a head coach. <laughs> and that that's okay. I, I think you made really good points, though, about who who's else you're really going to go to if you want to replace Les Miles. And again, sure, you're not going to keep the same coach forever. And if they felt like the Miles run was was kind of coming up and that he you know wasn't having the same impact he had earlier on with the team. I mean, they they won a national championship years ago. They played for another one, but ever since Nick Saban's come back to the SEC, it's it's been a little bit. I, you can't say it's been a downturn for them or anything like that, but they just they haven't been dominating the way they did before. So I, I guess I get them wanting to look in another direction. But like you said, at this point in the season, I, I don't really understand getting rid of Miles. It's not like you're going to find more success with someone else. It's not fair to the players, and I know it's almost taboo to consider the players and where they fit in all of this. But yeah, I don't really players get- and all your rights that you never get. Have. Right, right. That was a tongue in cheek. Um, I just, I, I don't get it, and I don't know how they do better in the long term for this. Jimbo is not leaving Florida State no. for them. I don't know that Tom Herman's a better coach. I, I just, I don't. Well, know. Tom Herman's also not taking the LSU job. I don't right. think he fits in LSU. I think he's going to stay in the Midwest, uh, Texas or West area. I don't think he comes east. I think he, his fit is in the Pac-12 or. I mean, Houston might join the Big 12, which, yeah, in like four years won't be a real thing, but it's a $5 million bonus if, for him if Houston joins the Big 12 during his stay. So there's no real incentive for him to go to go to LSU at all. Right. Yeah, I, I just I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. Again, it's, it's kind of surprising to see Miles get fired at this point in the season, but at the same time, you, you kind of knew he didn't have that much security on this job anymore. Who's going to so, eat the grass now? You know, Les Miles is a big grass eater. I did not know that. Yeah, he likes to eat grass everywhere, every stadium he goes to. That is strange. He's going to um, have a job next year if he wants it. 
Yeah, I can't imagine he won't. He's still one of the better coaches and one of the more high-profile coaches in the country. When Penn State fires James Franklin, they should hire Les Miles. Wow, you heard it here first. Um, Penn State stinks. Right. Regardless of where Les Miles winds up. Notre Dame stinks. You want want to rant on this? Is Clemson any good? I don't know. You tell me, man. You're you're my college football guy. I don't know. I'm at, I only have questions. I have no answers. All right. Well, is I'm Brian be- Kelly on the hot seat? No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. He shouldn't be. Although I don't like him because he yells like a maniac. Go in, man. I feel like you want to rant on Notre Dame right now. Do it. All right. Two things. Well, they fired the defensive coordinator, which I kind of get, but they also have none of their secondary because they all got suspended or kicked off the team right before the season started. So that Ben Gordon Horde or whatever, the guy looks like a pro wrestler. He uh, was playing with fourth-string safeties and cornerbacks. So, of course, your defense is going to be great. Um, Brian Kelly is also coaching with his offense as, as if he's afraid. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, I, I still think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's a pro-caliber quarterback. I think they have not great running backs. Their offensive line is steady. They have decent wide receivers, but he coaches like he's afraid, and he yells at kids too much. He's a maniac. He's always wow. red-faced and orange. Would you prefer Les Miles for that job? No. No, Les Miles would get eaten alive in Notre Dame. You do need a certain temperament to be the Notre Dame coach. Being like Les Miles is great and his aloofness is kind of charming, but I don't think it play would play well with Notre Dame. Interesting. I think uh, like I think Brian Kelly's not in the hot seat. Like he's gonna have another couple of years. Like he could fail this year or next year and still have the job. I I I mean he's been the most successful coach they had since uh, Lou Holtz, really. So, I I just think he's a maniac as well. And I think he's coaching like he's great for some reason. All right. There you have it. Maybe they'll turn it around. Still plenty of time left in the season. They have 100 losses already. <laughs> I, I didn't mean turn it around and get to the national championship. College basketball season starts soon. <laughs> I'm super right. pumped for college basketball season. I can't wait till this show becomes a college basketball podcast. It's going to. It's coming soon. I wish you wouldn't have said that because we're going to lose listeners already. But um, you guys, it, we'll make it worth it for you. Just stick around for the college basketball. I promise. You're getting, stay for my Frederico and Mussolini hot takes. There it is, St. John's basketball. Anyway, let's move on. We're already talking about basketball, and we actually have a little bit of breaking news. Sad face news. It's actually not sad face. I misread it before, so it's oh. not that sad. <laughs> so we have a little bit of breaking news. Oh, because I thought we were sad face story, but no. It's not all that sad. Anyway, breaking news, which won't be breaking to you anymore because you're probably going to be listening to, listening to this five hours to two days after we recorded <laughs> it. Paul Pierce announced minutes ago that the 2016-17 season will be his last season in the NBA. Now, Joe and I were preparing for the show, and we saw it kind of land on our timeline. You! You saw it! I did, and he, apparently he released something through the Players' Tribune, and a lot of people were tweeting about it, so I just figured it meant he was retiring this season. As of now, Pierce hasn't made any kind of comments about you know whether or not he'll be playing for the Clippers, who he still has one year left on his contract with, but apparently Pierce announced this morning that he'll be coming back for one more season, which really means... Clippers got to go out and win a championship this year. This is the last year they have Blake Griffin and Chris Paul under contract. Paul Pierce's last season in the NBA. They just went out and gave three years, $42 million to Jamal Crawford. So what, yeah. better, time, what better time to win a championship than now? Yeah, well, let's be clear, though. Paul Pierce is also washed. Yeah, he looked terrible last year. Yeah, like, so I mean, good. like, have fun on your farewell tour, shooting 30% from the floor. Right, I mean, I think it's feasible he doesn't play more than 10 minutes a game, and I know you... I think it's feasible the Clippers should cut him. No, they're not going to. I mean, you, you realize Doc Rivers is a... 
No, no, I know. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was my tongue firmly implanted in my cheek. I can't see, buddy. I can't see. Maybe we need to turn video on when we record our podcast. We want to go live and do video? Oh, man. I don't think the people are ready for how handsome we are. Probably not. Anyway, so yeah, Paul Pierce playing his last season next year. You heard it here first. (laughs) Um, Let's move on, though, again. Yeah, let's move on because we thought this was going to be something else. Yeah, I thought he retired. Sorry about that. Paul Pierce playing another season, but in fact, it'll appear he is retired because he's garbage and washed up. Would you say the truth is that he's he's going to play one more season? That was terrible of you. <laughs> wah, like, that, wah, that wah. Funny. like, oh my god, you punned his name in there. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's, let's get serious again for a minute. Um, oh. Stay with the NBA before we go on to our football stuff. Chris Bosh apparently failed his team physical. Uh, he's really been excited to return to the basketball court. Again, you know, Bosh has had the last two seasons cut short because of uh, blood clots. The 2014-15 season ended for him when it was discovered he had a blood clot in his lung. Uh, he was able to make a full recovery last year until about the All-Star break again where you know he was having calf issues and blood clotting in his calves. And to see the two seasons in a row end like that and now to see him fail his physical, there's been so much controversy about whether or not he'd be able to return to the Heat this season. And you know it's kind of seemed like the Heat don't really want to take the risk that they kind of have been telling him, you know, it, it doesn't look good for you. And he keeps saying, no, I'm coming back. I don't care. I'm coming back. I'll be fine. I'm coming back. You know, it, and it, we haven't really known where things lie truthfully in, in the situation because you hear one side saying he's not ready and one side saying I am ready. And now, you know, you kind of get a little bit of evidence in him failing a physical that he's not ready. Joe, what do you think Chris Bosch should do? All right. So, all right. First, to start, obviously I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but I've read up a lot about the blood clots. Um, everything I've read told me after you have one that comes back, you should not do, like, compete in, in super physical activities, like, you know, playing in the NBA. Well, the problem is he can't do this on blood thinners, and he can't take, he can't get off of blood thinners if he's having clotting. If he's having clotting issues, he needs to stay on the blood thinners, and if he's on blood thinners, he really cannot compete in physical activity, like 82 games of basketball. Yeah, so everything I read said that, like, he should, no, yeah, I mean, you're just going to say everything I was going to say, so thanks, Jared. Right. Um, I'm tell my mom on you, she's going to mess you up. Um, everything yeah. I've read tells me that he should not play basketball. Yeah. Um, um, and I think Miami's right for not, for being wary and being scared, because why would they want a player to die in their uniform? Do you know what I right. mean? Like, it doesn't even have to be altruistic. It doesn't have to be like, hey, like, they're worried about Chris Bosh. I could just totally see them being like, hey, the risk of playing Chris Bosh and him dying in our uniform isn't worth it. And right. they're right. I mean, even from a PR standpoint, from a we care about this guy standpoint, it just, it's obviously Chris Bosh is still young. He still has good basketball left in him. I mean, I think he's 31 years old. Uh, um, the, the Heat gave him that five-year contract just before the 2014-15 season. So, I mean, obviously they, they like him. They wanted to keep him around. They had big plans for him. But, you know, this is one of those things that's out of everybody's hands. And the only thing that really can be controlled is whether or not Bosch, you know, decides to, to stay on the medicine and to, to not try and come back. And it's it's got to be hard for him. It's, it's can't Well, even no, other teams aren't, after Miami's won't suit him up, other teams aren't going to do it. They're not going to be the one to take the risk. Right. And... If he decides to go overseas, hopefully overseas teams aren't are in a similar boat because nobody's going to be one of the team wants to be associated as the team that willingly let a guy 
at risk to play basketball and die in their uniform. Right. Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, I know you're, you're talking in extremes. I'm not talking in extremes at all. If he plays basketball, he could die. We're not I, talking I, about, like, him spraining an ankle, and that's what the blood clot will do. The blood clot will kill him. Right. It's not yeah, extreme. I, that's, I, I, that's, that's why we're having this discussion. It's not because it'll, it'll shorten his life. It'll be because it'll end his life. That's not an extreme statement. That's a matter of fact. Well, the fact of the matter is we've seen him go through this twice now. We've seen him have blood clots. He had one blood clot, and then he was able to play. But if it comes back, it changes well, the whole story. Last season ended. Last season ended for the same reason. It wasn't a calf injury. It was he had clotting in his calf. Right. That was the second. That was the that was the second clot. Right. And that's what changes. Right. The, that's what changes the, the, the story now. When the second right. clot comes right. back, it means hey, like you're going to die if you keep doing this. Right. Yeah. He should probably stop doing it, and he should probably be on blood thinners. And even if he's not on blood thinners, it's just between the schedule, you know. 82 games and all the traveling, it's just it's not a good idea for somebody who has clotting potential and clotting issues to, to keep trying to get back out there and go after it. And again, yeah, it's, it's really sad that, that Bosch's career appears to, you know, be in jeopardy here, but it's even worse to, to think he could die on a basketball court. And that wasn't me saying he's not going to die. That was me saying, you know, maybe he comes back for another year and again, it's discovered that he has clotting and he can't play anymore. So that would be three years in a row that are cut short and it's clearly evident after two seasons that this, this is a reoccurring theme. So I, I think, I don't know, again, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, neither of us are. It doesn't look good for Bosch's career. I, I kind of think he's just delaying the inevitable by not retiring already. Good talk. Yes, good talk. Alright, well, that that's all the sad news we have for today. Let's move on to, to, I guess, happier and more exciting things, and let's go over... We'll touch on Derrick Rose next week. News is breaking, but we we don't have the time to talk about it. All right. You heard it here first. Breaking news. We're not talking about it. He's being criminally investigated. Good. He should. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about the NFL. We had an exciting weekend, as we usually do in football. We picked five games, as we do every single week, against the spread. This week, Joe and I both went three and two making us both 9-6 and six on the season. So we're pretty good. We're three games over 500. You could definitely bet your mortgage with our picks. It'll be fine, we promise. Um, but, yeah, Joe and I, both 9-6. Way to go, buddy. Yay! <laughs> All right, let, let's get into some of the games. I think the first game we have to talk about for a number of reasons, the first of them being this has become the Jacoby Brissett podcast, and the second being, holy crap, the Patriots just don't. Don't skip a beat regardless of who their quarterback is. Patriots win Thursday night football 27-0 over the Houston Texans. This was a game that the Patriots were half a point favorites for, and we were just assuming they got the favoritism because they were at home, but the Patriots just put a whooping on the Texans. Joe, besides Jacoby Brissett being a complete stud, what did you take away from that game? Poor Osweiler stinks. (laughs) (laughs) He looked horrible. He did Uh, not look good. Man, he has all the like seriously, like he has all those weapons all over the place and he looked horrible. Um I'll tell you that, like, yeah, Jacoby Brissett looked great. Not, not he didn't look great, he looked good. I don't want to get high school ball from my Jacoby Brissett race. He looked good running the ball. They didn't ask him to throw the ball down the field at the time. He he played fine. Like he did what he had to do. Jacoby Brissett, you're an American hero. Um Houston looked Really? Their offense looked really, really bad because of poor Gosweiler. 
And if I'm Bork, if I'm you keep calling him Bork. Is this I'm intentional? Purpose. Yeah, it's on purpose. I couldn't tell. Um, if I'm Houston, I'm like, why did I give Bork all this money? And if I'm like somebody like Denver, I'm like, ha ha, we got rid of Bork. <laughs> so, yeah, man, they got to have all the sad face emojis going on right now because you have talent everywhere on offense and defense, and your quarterback stinks. Yeah, he's really not good. And I mean, give credit where it's due. The Patriots defense pitched a shutout, so. That they didn't all. pitch a shutout. Poor guy Swiler gifted them a shutout because he was an abomination to the senses. He was bad, but the Patriots defense was really good. I mean, they didn't let Lamar Miller really get going, and they, like you mentioned, they they kind of put the clamps on Bork. <laughs> uh, I just I thought it was an impressive game for for the Patriots. You you had to know what they were going to do too. You knew they were going to be running the ball a ton, and the Texans just couldn't stop it. Texans run defense has been a little bit worse this year than they. were were last year. They um, ran so much, I, I was waiting for Kevin Fock to get a carry. Oh, there it is. Uh, who else do we have? Corey Ant- Dillon. Antoine Smith. Keep going. Keep Antoine going. Smith. Is he the one with 37 kids? Reckless no. reckless speculation. I have no idea. I didn't know that he had... Anyway, <laughs> Patriots run the ball all over the Texans. Jacoby Brissett winds up going 11 for 19 for 103 yards. He ran in a touchdown. I, I mean, he was like awesome in the first half, first quarter. And the Patriots just jumped all over them, and the Texans just could not recover. It was pretty disappointing. Um, anyway, let's move on to the next game. Speaking of quarterbacks, your boy, your boy, Carson Wentz. Yeah, Carson Wentz, freaking stud as the Eagles just destroyed the Steelers yesterday, 34-3. to That had to be the most unpredictable game of the weekend or at least the most unpredictable outcome of the weekend. I think the Steelers were, what, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Joe and I both got that game right. Yeah, um, we're geniuses. The Steelers just got their butts whooped. What would you make of that game? I know that Philly's your local team, so did, did you get to watch much of the Eagles on Sunday? I watched the whole game. Um, a little first, bit. What? I said that's a little bit. Yeah, so um, first of all, i got to say their coach, Doug Peterson, he does a terrific job of, like, you know, being like, He's a rookie, I don't care. And his play calling is great. Like, he's super aggressive. Uh, Wentz does throw the ball down the field, which is nice. I think there's, like, two other quarterbacks in the NFL that could do, do that. It's Roethlisberger and Derek Carr. Everybody else are check down kings. Um, yeah, man, like, what's scary about the Eagles is they have 9,000 running backs, all of which do something. You know, Kenyon Barner, uh, Darren Sproles. Oh, he, he was awesome last night. Yeah, yeah, yesterday, last night. Yesterday afternoon. Um, it, it'll it be even scarier if their players can start catching the football. Yeah, it was a weird day for the receivers. So they can never, Jordan Matthews, who has all this talent, look up, like, seriously, he's super gifted. Like, he reminds me a ton of Demarius Thomas, except he can't catch a football. Yeah, he, uh, he had a big drop on Monday night. Yeah. Had a couple drops yesterday, I think. And then he, they he didn't get a ton of catching was football. Like he went in a time machine and. Uh, the Eagles, fly, Eagles, fly, whatever the saying is. <laughs> Darren Sproles caught six balls for 128 yards. He had a big 73-yard reception. The, the Eagles were pretty impressive. Darren um, Sproles is like 9,000 years old, five foot one, and he is still awesome. Yeah, he is. And, you know, we're talking about the offense a lot. The Eagles' defense was huge yesterday. Obviously, the Steelers have one of the better offenses in, in the NFL, and it was just nothing to the Eagles. Antonio Brown still caught his 12 balls for 140 yards, but... 
The Eagles were all over Roethlisberger. They didn't give up anything in the run game. I mean, I know the Steelers were down big, so they kind of abandoned it. But it was just it was a very impressive game for the Eagles. I cannot believe that they're three and zero and. Carson Wentz, just, again, he looks like the real deal. If they go into a bye week next week, then they go Lions, racial slurs. They could feasibly yeah, start I mean, the season five and all. Yeah, that, that's really impressive. Let, let's go back. You just mentioned them by, by what their real name is, the racial slurs. Washington got a huge win over the Giants yesterday. The Cowboys come out and win Sunday Night Football. I know the Bears stink, but it's a big win for the Cowboys. How about the NFC East being a lot better than we gave them credit for coming into the season? Are yeah. you buying that or, or um, no? Listen, I didn't have the Eagles being this, and I do think Wentz is eventually going to hit some kind of a wall. But, like, I could really see them starting 5-0 and as well. So, I mean, I can't say, like, the NFC stinks, and then I'm going to have a bunch of teams above 500. I think... I do I do think the racial slurs stink. And I... But I, don't, a, I, I do they, think... What? They got a big win yesterday. I mean, we talked well, about... Well, I don't think the Giants are good either. So, I mean... I think that's debatable. I think the Giants looked really good in the first two weeks against teams that could be good. I mean, they held the Saints' offense in check. The Saints, the Saints stink. Were the Saints good last year? They weren't that good, but their offense is still good. I know the Saints were on the road. I thought it was an impressive win for the Giants. I thought their defense looked vastly improved, especially against Dallas also, who Dallas has looked good now two straight weeks. Um, I, I don't know. I just Maybe the NFC East isn't that good, but these teams are all going to be competitive with we'll each other. We'll find out more about New Orleans, who's over two tonight, when they face an abominable... Atlanta team. Yeah, that game's going to be something to watch out for. I hope there's going to be a lot of points in it. Neither of those teams could stop a nosebleed. But um, back to the NFC East, Kirk Cousins had a good game against a defense that's been heralded as good so far. I mean, I thought that the game kind of came down to Eli Manning throwing the ball away two, two times too many. But um, I was impressed with Washington and their win. I was impressed with Dallas and their win. And again, the Eagles probably had the most impressive win of the weekend. So I'm big on the NFC East right now. How big? That's what, that's what I got. Too big, Joe. Don't. Anyway. How come CJ Procise isn't getting rushes yet? <laughs> Let, let's not talk about CJ Procise and instead talk CJ, about, CJ. Talk about it. I called him CJ. You said TJ. I definitely said CJ. You're thinking about TJ Hooker. <laughs> that's a TV show from the 80s, kids. All right. Let's move on and talk about other things in Joe's wheelhouse. How about the Denver Broncos? I mean... Hey. It's, it's funny, we went into the season and we weren't talking up the Broncos a ton. No one was really talking them up a lot. And I don't know why. I mean, you can't, you can't attribute it to them losing bad quarterback play from last <laughs> yeah, year. Right? And being like, well, they won't be that good because they lost their quarterback. I mean, their quarterback was not a factor in them being good last year. None of them were. And <laughs> we, we railed on Trevor Simeon last week. It doesn't, first, let me just say, it doesn't matter who the quarterback of this team is. One, the defense is all-time good, and they're going to keep them in every single game. And two, their receivers are just out of control, regardless of who's throwing them the ball. Manny Sanders went nuts yesterday. Demarius Thomas has a huge game, too. The Broncos are ridiculous. They might be the best team in the AFC, yeah. if, not, if not the NFL. And it what did I tell you about Shane Ray when DeMarcus Ware went down? I said it on Friday's podcast, blessing in disguise. Want to know what he did Sunday? What did he do? Three sacks. That's amazing. He had a big day. Tell me, Sugar tell Shane me, Ray, baby. Tell me what Trevor Simeon did yesterday. Proved us wrong. <laughs> so, so our, our we got the worst our, quarterback in the league outside of Jared Goff. Outside of Jared Goff. Trevor Simeon was worse. I think I would have taken Geno Smith over him, <laughs> I said the other day. Trevor Simeon goes freaking nuts yesterday. Now, to be fair, he's two, he should have threw two picks in the first half. It's just that Cincinnati can't catch a football. 
Right, yeah, just going off the box. I mean, he completes 23-35 for 3-12, four touchdowns and no interceptions. He got a lot of help. There was a lot of yards after the catch yesterday from the yeah. previous season. Sanders and Demarius, those guys, again, they just they went out of control. They both had over 100 yards receiving, and again, a lot of, a lot of catch and run out of those two guys. So. Can I tell you who my favorite Bronco player is? Who's your favorite Bronco player? I'm going to murder his last name, but Andy Janovich. I had a feeling that's where you are going. Why the, is he your favorite? The fullback? Because who uses fullbacks anymore? Not many teams. No, teams he's, just, he's just like a random full. Like, I almost, like, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Denver fan. Disclosure, spoiler, whatever. Um, so, like, I watched the first game, and I'm like, hey, they're, they're using a fullback. Okay. And then, like, they gave him a couple carries and a catch. And then they keep doing it every week. Like, he'll get a carry and a target or two every game. And I'm like, hey, like, you know, this guy's kind of fun. So through, through the first couple of games of the season, he's uh, he's got, you know, 30 yards rushing and two attempts, a touchdown, uh, and a couple of receptions. He's my hero. He's the unsung hero. You heard it here first. Janovich. Okay, first game of the year, one carry, 28 yards. Second game of the year, no carries, but one reception, 11 yards. And then yesterday... One carry, two yards, and one reception, fifteen yards. He's he's destined for for the Pro Bowl this year, probably because he's the only fullback in the NFL. Destined for the Pro Bowl. Wow. Could you All name right. another fullback on a roster? John Coon's probably playing football somewhere, but you're not sure. Nah. Oh, Cal- Callan Davis is a Jets fullback, I think. Even though he's isn't a tight he a tight end? end? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. not a really a fullback. He plays out of the fullback. Remember no, Frank Whitecheck? I used to be like, yeah, he's so cool because he's a tight end where he's number forty, whatever. Yeah, we had cool tight ends when we were growing up. Not so much anymore. I mean, fullbacks, not tight ends. Anyway, oh, I remember like fullbacks used to just destroy people, and they couldn't like they were they were they were built like guards, and they just be but they were faster. Yeah, they were fast guards. Exciting times. No, oh, there's the popo in Jared's background. They're coming to get him because we did a Trevor Simeon hot take. All right, the, the Broncos really impressive again. I mean, they're three and zero now. They beat up on Carolina. They beat up on Indianapolis, who may not be that good. And now they beat the Bengals. It's interesting looking at teams and and how close you can be from you know being winless. The Bengals could feasibly be zero and three right now. Their one win came against the Jets, and it was a one point win. A lot of turnovers in that game. I'm pretty surprised the Bengals are off to this tough of a start, but they too haven't had any help with their schedule. I mean. They started with the Jets, which was a win. Then they take on the Steelers and then the Broncos. So maybe it'll get easier for the Bengals, but they didn't look great on Sunday. And the Broncos, again, feasibly could be the best team in the AFC. They're, they're amazing. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. 100%. 1 million percent. And we talk about their defense. The Broncos actually are averaging 28 points a game, which is good for fourth in the NFL right now. So, uh, yeah, the offense is... And they did it yesterday without C.J. Anderson having a great game. It was yeah. Simeon. Like... Now, to be clear, Simeon should have threw two picks in the first half, and it would have altered a little bit of the thing. And, like, I'm glad you mentioned the yak, because a lot of the stuff happened after the catch. But he did throw a couple deep balls, and, uh, I mean, like, I'm, I don't think he's – I'm not going to sit here and pretend he's great. I still think he's, like, not that great. But he had a good game, so I'm not going to ignore it and just keep rushing it. Trevor Simeon, good game. We'll good, be fair. good game. Slap on the bum, Trevor Simeon. We'll be fair when we could be fair – Another team that I really want to talk about, and it'd be, it's kind of unfair we waited this long to, the Minnesota Vikings are just, yeah. I don't even, I can't even put it into words. They're damn impressive. They Ooh. shut down the Panthers in a Ooh. big way yesterday. Strangely, this was the second game of the year that they won with a 22-10 score. Uh, they put up a lot of, a lot of ugly numbers. They, they put up a safety, a bunch of field goals. 
two point play, two point play, two point conversion. Anyway, Vikings win twenty two ten over the Panthers. They turn Cam Newton over three times. He throws three picks in the game. And I mean, here's the thing: the Vikings are another one of these teams like the Broncos, where you look at the offense and you think, "Eh, Sam Bradford's not that good. The offensive line's not that good. They're not. They're not moving the ball running." at all obviously they lose adrian peterson so it gets a little bit uglier for them there but they just come out and the defense is stout every single week i mean uh, let, let me pull something up why, why don't you talk if, if you want to talk about this game real quick i, sure. I saw i saw yeah. a, neat, a neat stat i wanted to share so minnesota's offense was still an abomination bradford wasn't particularly great he was fine 171 yards on 20 pass attempts uh completed 18 of those bad boys their running game was garbage they only averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Tough day uh, for Matt Asiata. Yeah, oh, I'm, 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 I'm impressed. He had six carries. So McK- McKinnon had 60, and he was also not good. Uh, Kyle Rudolph had a good day, but really their offense wasn't very good. Um, and it was their defense. And, you know, Cam Newton turned the ball over three times, really helped them. And uh, I, I don't think they're – I mean, Cam Newton was also sacked eight times. Right, so, eight, eight sacks. Eight sacks, three interceptions, a safety, and a pump return. His QBR was 16.3. That's not, not good. Not great. Not great. Yeah, the, the Vikings are just, again, they're, they're incredibly impressive. They've had a really tough schedule. I mean, they, they beat Green Bay on Sunday night, and now they, they come out and they beat the Panthers on the road. And this was going to be a tough game for them, rebounding from losing Peterson. They've already lost their franchise quarterback this season. It's just... They're, they're very resilient, and again, you have a defense like they have, and you have a defense like Denver has, you're going to be in games, and you just need your quarterback to be able to make you know certain plays for them, and Bradford was able to do that on Sunday, finding Kyle Rudolph. I, I'm impressed with the Vikings there. Again, they're not really a sexy team, but anytime Ooh, you have a defense like that, sexy. yeah, we're talking about sex in football, anytime you have a defense like that, I mean, that, that's a team you have to keep an eye on, and they're, they're going to be a pain in everybody's butts this year. I can't wait um, till they lose four in a row now. <laughs> It's possible. I, I Giants, Texans, that. Eagles, Bears. Well, they won't lose four in a row. Well, they won't lose to the Texans. They'll probably pick your boy Bork off 19 times. But um, Don't you know Bork's slander on this podcast. Speaking of slander, there, there's Ooh. one other game that I kind of wanted to get into. Not really much because we scrapped it from our rundown, but oh, I'm going to go gonna on anyway. anyway. Because you like talking about Rex Ryan. I do like talking about Rex Ryan, and I don't ever give that guy benefit of the doubt at all. I hate him. I think he stinks. Anyway, Rex and the Bills had 10 days to prepare for Arizona coming to town. Cardinals are one of the best teams in football, so we thought. They got crushed yesterday. I mean, that was like as embarrassing of a loss as it gets. Buffalo wins 33-18, to and the Flying Rex Ryans, they come back and they, they defend their boy. They just they broke the game open with these weird plays. There was a, a fumble field goal snap that they returned for a touchdown to make it 30-7, to and the game was clearly out of reach by that point. The defense picks Carson Palmer four times, which was amazing. I mean, the Bills' defense is really banged up, and they're, they're not even that good when they're healthy. So to see them respond and, and shut down a team like Arizona, I found really impressive. I mean, this, this might be one of, like, three wins they get this season. I don't expect them to be good at all. It was just interesting to see a game that Arizona really needed to win. They needed to come on the road and, and win this one. They're 1-2 now, and I don't think anybody would have predicted the Cardinals to start the season at 1-2. No, no, I'm with you. Um, listen, for Buffalo, great. You'll might win three or four more games this year. Uh, Tyra, Tyrod Taylor still not looking that great again this year. So uh, this, I think that this is more about Arizona and are they having a drop? Is Carson Palmer 
old now? Like, are we are we seeing a regression in him and is the rest of the team going to suffer? I think that's more what it's about. I don't think it's about people rallying around Rex or Rob Ryan or who have you. I think I mean, let's be honest, Rex Ryan's going to be out of job by the end of this year. Wow. Yeah, I, he might. He's also the type of guy, and again, I saw this firsthand in New York, where ownership just falls in love with him. He's one of these guys that apparently always says the right things, and it's easy to, to get behind him and to cheer for him, even if he's he's crappy, even if he's you know flash with no substance. So I, I agree with you that he should probably be out of a job by the end of the season. But we'll, we'll I think Rex Ryan will make a terrific that. college football coach, LSU. I oh, do. I'm being yeah. that serious because I think I think his issue is his stick wears. Then quickly on grown-ups. Do you know what I mean? Like, a 30-year-old dude calling, you know, hear rah-rah stuff so often. Right. But like an 18, 19, 20-year-old, they're going to be like, yeah! And as soon as they get sick of it, they graduate. Right. Recruiting's a lot of work, and I would never trust that guy, you know. I totally offense. would. Give, Man, bring him to Notre Dame. Uh, oh, you do not mean that at all. It's going to be really weird when Notre Dame replaces the guy they just fired with Rob Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> That would be the best. I, well, because the guy I, they fired came from Atlanta, where he was a horrible defensive coordinator, so I don't know why they thought he'd be good there. Yeah, I'm going to root for Rob Ryan anywhere he goes. or Root for the teams, at least, and not root for him. Root for hilarity to ensue. That guy's the worst. I, um, I, I, I actually like both of the Ryan brothers. Like, I'm, like, from what I hear and read of them and hear them speak, I think they're both fun. It's just, yeah, you know, I don't think anybody's ever disputed that they're fun. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, I, I, I do think sometimes we slander them in a way that's not completely fair. Like, you know, like, he right, trying did do a good job with the Jets for a short period of time. It's not like he was, like, he's yeah. always been forever stinky. Like, Rob Ryan's forever been stinky. He had one right. good year with the Saints or whatever. But uh, there's a, there's reason to believe Rex Ryan's still a decent coach. Uh, I do think his issue was staying in the AFC East. I think he needed to just get as far away possible from any kind of Jets related, or New York media altogether. I know Buffalo is as far away from New York City as you could pretty much be in the, in the state of New York, but I mean, man, he would have been best served just going away for a year. Yeah, I don't think he's a good coach, so I'm I'm going to end my thoughts there. Yeah, right, Fitzpatrick, six picks. That's Rex Ryan's fault. <laughs> Come on, man. These things can be mutual. The Jets could stink and Rex Ryan could stink. Todd Bowles! <laughs> oh, man, Todd Bowles is Jet great. Jets stink, J-E-T-F. Stink, 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 stink. Yeah, they sure do. They're my father's they team. I can't wait to call him later and just be like, hey. Yeah, just tell him to listen to the podcast. Um, he like, just, He's also a Penn State fan. So last time I talked to him, I'm like, hey, do you think they should get Hackenberger run? And he just started laughing. I'm like, what's so funny? He's like, he's horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a rough one. Like, when they drafted him, right? Because, you know, like, there were people that bought into the Hackenberger thing. And I wasn't, like, even when he was in college, I wrote a whole co- I'm not even a college football writer. I wrote a column on, like, hey, like, you know, this guy's actually not good. And uh, because he throws the ball in the dirt a lot, he's inaccurate. Uh, like people are like, oh, well, the players around him stink. And I used a game where they play like, uh, like a, a, a Akron or whatever. And I'm like, well, Akron also stinks. So like when he stinks against Akron, what's the excuse then? You know what I mean? So when they right. when they drafted Hackenberg, I remember calling like, how pumped are you? Because he's a Penn State fan. He's like, not pumped at all. He's like, I I had to deal with him being a crappy quarterback for two the last two years here, and I have to be with him a crappy quarterback on the Jets now. It's also interesting hearing him referred to as not having good talent around him. Didn't he have Allen Robinson his first year? Well, that's what everybody points to his freshman year as right. the, 
the sign, but he had yeah, he had right. Alan Robinson. Who was like really, really good. A legitimate number one wide receiver. Yeah. Like who, who makes it, who who tricked some people thinking Blake Bortles was good. Right. Oh man, Allen Robinson making guys money. Good for him. No, seriously, Allen Robinson, like every quarterback that's in the league because of Allen Robinson. Which is just Hackenberg and <laughs> Well no, did did, did Allen Robinson cross over with McGloy? Or was that yeah, after I, uh, I think he did. I don't know. So McGloin has, I don't know if he's in the league, but he got some money. Everybody give Alan Robinson some money. Yeah. That's he, the he'll point get... here. Give him money. You know what? I'm going to start. Let's get a, a Kickstarter together. Start a franchise. Trade for Jacoby Brissett and trade for Alan uh, Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. And that'll be our pillars of our franchise. Interesting. I will consider. All right. Let's, let's move on. I'm glad that we got the Jets in. They were not on the rundown. I did not want to talk about Ryan Sixpatrick today. What a freaking disaster. Whose fault Who, are the, whose fault are the Fitzpatrick homers blaming today? Was it was it was the defense so conservative that Ryan Fitzpatrick threw six picks? The defense wasn't good either, Darrell Revis. Yeah, looked. but that has nothing to do with him throwing six picks. Absolutely not one thing to do, do with it. Do you know how many interceptions six are? It's more than five but less than seven. It's a lot. It's a it's ton. A lot. There's quarterbacks in the NFL that start sixteen games that won't throw six picks this year. <laughs> I, I don't know that. I don't know that. But um, he was really bad. He was really bad. Who's I, worse, I, him or Bork Osweiler? Oh, my gosh. If you're asking me to take one, like I need to win a game with one of them, definitely not taking Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Yeah. Brock Osweiler stinks, too. Ryan Fitzpatrick is worse than Trevor Simeon. Start Gino. Oh, my gosh. The Jets stink. The Jets make it really easy to just watch Red Zone all day. I, I Start Bryce Petty. Oh, my God. I wish I could go out and get Terrell Pryor, because Terrell Pryor looks like a better quarterback than he does. But. That's my simple question. All right, all right. Uh, the last football note I wanted to bring up, actually, I thought the Packers had a nice bounce-back game against the Lions. If ever there was a defense to bounce back against, it's them. Aaron Rodgers finally looked like Aaron Rodgers. That offense got going. I mean, I know a lot of it was, was Jordy Nelson playing huge, but Rodgers looked more comfortable getting guys involved. His final stat line was... Listen to this. Completes 15 to 24 for 205 yards and four scores. He looked good in the red zone. He looked comfortable. He got his tight ends involved a little bit more, even though Jared Cook still stinks. Doesn't matter what team he's on. He's Stinker. not a good NFL player. Eddie Lacy yeah. playing well actually helped a ton. Yeah, it did. It, it helps having good Eddie Lacy, and I think that that's kind of why the Packers' offense hasn't looked like, you know, that old Aaron Rodgers Packers' offense is because they're trying to find a way to get Lacy involved more, and it, it looked like it finally worked for them on Sunday, so... Packers, obviously, you shouldn't have been freaking out after them getting off to a slow start. They're going to be fine. Their offense is going to be fine. Like Aaron Rodgers said last year, everybody needs to R-E-L-A-X. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I like that commercial when you throw the golf club through the window. and The other guy's like, did you get it? Yeah, that is pretty funny. The other guy being Clay Matthews. That, that's Whatever, cool. he plays defense. He doesn't count. The other guy. All right, Joe, you ready to get some bad tweets? Let's do it. Hit the music. Brian J. Means with the side of some racism. Many hot takes. Some of them. Bad tweets. Bad tweeting first? I think so. Okay, so this bad tweet comes from one at John Elway. You guys may have heard of him. He, <laughs> he's, a, he's a good football, he used to be a good football player. He runs the Denver Broncos currently. So he initially tweeted, that's for the context, after the NFL draft in 2015. Seventh round picture of a Simeon had a productive career as a quarterback at Northwestern. He actually really didn't. He wasn't very good at Northwestern. He has raw talent, and we think we, he will develop nicely. 
So then some guy at whatever, it doesn't matter, that day, at John Elway, so many other days. When was this? When did this tweet happen? May 2015. At John Elway, so many other needs. And John, we trust that Broncos, but this seems like a huge reach. So then yesterday, John L.A. just randomly asked the guy back, and that's it. Oh, man. Way so listen, you're talk. John L.A., who is arguably, you know, like the greatest quarterback ever. Arguably. Like, he's top three, five, whatever. He's up there. And uh, since taking over the operations of Denver, you've made Denver into the bike a really, really good, consistently great organization. Like, you're on top of the world. Very literally... You've been on top of the sport since the day you entered it. And you remembered a tweet from two years, a year and a half ago, and decided, like, hey, I'm just going to at this guy because Trevor Simeon had a big game. John Elway is a man of the people. He is as petty on Twitter as the rest of us. He does not forget your bad tweets. But what, this, like, why, why he ats him with, with no word. It's just like, I'm going to at and then tweet it back out. That's all he has to do. That's like, oh, my goodness. So a couple weeks ago... Uh, uh, somebody who follows me on Twitter, who I've interacted with on Twitter a few times, he's like a big homer for the New York teams. He's a Jet fan. He's a Knicks fan. He he was tweeting something about Tyrod Taylor being mediocre. So I quote tweeted him and said, the guy who capes for Ryan Fitzpatrick is calling Tyrod Taylor mediocre. It, it got him really, really upset. Like He unfollowed me. He went on like a whole tirade about it. Anyway, he added me last week and said, how mediocre is Fitzpatrick? So this is what people Are do. Are you going to tweet him today? No, I'm not. I'm going to wait for the season. Is it who I think it is? Because so like, he fought me the other day know. with stuff that he doesn't have inside information about that I actually do. It's possible. I, I don't know who it was. I is it TD? No, no, it's not. I don't oh, know. okay, never mind. I don't go back and forth with that person anymore. No, he un- TD unfollowed me because he, he claimed to have inside information. It's something I actually do have information David Blatt's going to be the next Knicks coach. The guy yelled it for freaking months. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that guy ever on my podcast. But, yeah, good for John Elway being petty. I, I dig it. I think that's actually a good tweet, not a bad tweet. <laughs> Way to go, John Elway. That's good stuff. I just think, like, seriously, like, he didn't search that. He remembered that. Right. That's not a search. That is not a, let me search my at and Simeon. That's like a, you remember when at 456 <laughs> yeah. added me and was like, Trevor Simeon stink. I got him today. He doesn't stink. We picked up a whole lot of yak today. How about <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we, we were the jerks who called Trevor Simeon the worst quarterback in the NFL a week ago, so he could have added us, too. We're glad he didn't. I'm going to move on and do my bad tweet, which isn't so much, you know, getting at the person who tweeted it, the person being at SportsCenter. A poll of 1,100 Americans reveals Colin Kaepernick is the most disliked player in the NFL. That, that's my bad tweet. Where did they do the poll? Retirement home? I don't know. I, I didn't click the link. I don't I don't need to know. Um, 1,100 people is not a huge sample size. No, it is not a huge sample size. And, I mean, it's feasible that they are all, uh, you know, people with dog abbies on Twitter and uh, American flag avatars on Twitter. So I, I don't know. But I'd have to imagine that it is relatively representative. And for a league with guys who beat women and, you know, have guns and do terrible things, it's really awful to see that Colin Kaepernick is the most disliked player. In Did the you see that poll last week that 48% of NFL viewers said they'd stop watching if people continue to sit for the anthem? I did not. I, you know what? I did see that. And I called Bologna. You guys won't stop watching when guys are near dying on the field, but you're going to stop watching because somebody's doing a peaceful protest? Right. Get, yep. the, get the truck out of here. Yeah, I didn't want to go too political with it, but I just I think it's it's kind of really interesting that 
people hate Colin Kaepernick for silently protesting the national anthem, but can cheer for so much other stuff and can put up with so much other stuff, and it's just the best is like when he wild. what he's protesting about, and then somebody will be like, "Stand for the national anthem, or I'll kill you," and he'll be like, "That's kind of my point." Right, right, right. You right. dope. Yeah, we don't need to get into it. We want to be a fun show, but some some of the stuff just isn't all that fun. Joe, let's do absurd. My questions. house smells like hot dogs. Why? We I don't know. I'm eating Skittles as we speak when it smells like hot dogs. Let's do it. I thought it was important that the listeners do this. It is important. I, all right, I, I know you want to get to absurd questions. Let's do it. It is time for the absurd questions portion of the podcast. Absurd. Which one of us questions. is going first? I'm going to go first. All right, go what's, for the, it. what's the most memorable birthday present you were given as a single-digit child? No, oh, easy. A bicycle? What are you eating right now? <laughs> I are told you, eating- you. Do not listen to me. You're eating Skittles. Who the hell eats Skittles at 10.02 in the morning while the house smells like hot dogs? <laughs> I don't know. We're sitting here. So it was a bicycle, but it's not because it was just a bike. It was because the front wheel was white and the back wheel was black, and I thought it made it cooler. Wow. You had a white wheel? Mm-hmm. That bike got stolen off me like three weeks after my birthday. Obviously. <laughs> what else happens to a bicycle? How old were you? I think seven or eight. Old enough that I didn't have it didn't have like any training wheels on it or anything. Wow, big things. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you learned how to ride a bicycle? I'm gonna say five or six. Wow, I was a little bit of a late learner. I want to th- I want to say I got my uh, training wheels off maybe when I was like seven or eight. I was kind of scared to ride a bike. Well, you live in a city. I don't. I live in. Well, I mean, I kind of live in a city, but I mean, it's a lot of open area to ride a bicycle. Plus, my parents probably didn't yeah, care I was- if I crashed, so they probably just like. Took up the training wheels and like go, go right, in the that aspect. That, that aspect, your parents not caring about you. That's true. I forgot. Um, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I, I received bicycles when I was a child as well, and I too had them stolen. That's what happens to bicycles. My favorite gift that I got when I was a child, I think I was eight, and I think it was like the first ever time I had a birthday party at like a place. Like if we had ever done a birthday party, it was in like someone's backyard in the past, but I wasn't like the, the big birthday party kid. Like I wasn't like the, yeah, we're all going to McDonald's for my birthday or anything like that until I was eight and my mom threw me a birthday party at Pizza Hut. Shout out to Pizza Hut. It was a dope time. Yeah, um, Pizza Hut. <laughs> that's the sponsor of the Relatively Speaking podcast for your terrible pizza and awful chicken wings. Um, Whoa, do they even serve chicken wings? I think so. Don't they have, like, a brand of chicken wings? I don't know. Wings? There's no Pizza Hut to even open by me anymore. They yeah, I, I can't tell you the last time I had Pizza Hut, but I guarantee you I had awful indigestion from it. But when I was eight, I had a great day at Pizza Hut, and the memorable gift I received that day, my dad my dad worked on Saturdays, and he came after work, and uh, it was weird. I was, I was in the middle of breaking the pinata. We were doing, you know, the pinata, and... Yeah. Uh, my dad came full skittles. He came up behind me. I didn't I didn't see him and he had a rectangular box that he like shoved down my shirt and it was Royal Rumble for Super Nintendo. Whoa. Yeah. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget getting that game. I, it might have been better for Sega than it was for Super Nintendo, but at the time I had Super Nintendo because my brother sold our Sega and got us a Super Nintendo back. Shout out to my brother who used to steal my games and toys and sell them. But uh yeah, man. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, that's shade, a, that's shade toward story. the mince brother. That's another story for another day. Royal Rumble. It's interesting. I mean, I got I got basketball hoops because like they would break. So I had two <laughs> basketball hoops. I think as childhood birthday presents, a couple bicycles. But 
I'll always remember getting Royal Rumble with uh, there were like nine guys on that cover. I want to say Yokozuna was on it. Yeah, Mako there was only like twelve guys in the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember much. that game. That was before before wrestling video games had like everybody in them. I want to look up that cover and see who's on it now. Yeah, Brett Brett was in the corner. The Undertaker, Mister Perfect, Yokozuna, Razor Ramon, and Shawn Michaels. Nice. They're all still alive, which is a good thing. They are well, Yokozuna's dead. Alive. Yokozuna's dead. Mr. Perfect is dead. <laughs> Scott Hall probably should be dead. No, he's not dead. I'm he's... looking at the Super Nintendo cover now. There's only five of them. There's six he's... of them. There's, yeah, and one, two, three, four, five, six, and two of them are dead. And one of them broke up the greatest tag team in the history of the sport. Pet jerk. You must hate that guy. I do. so much. In case you're new here, Joe is a Marty Jannetty stand, so... That's what just happened. All right, Joe, what's your absurd question for me? Okay. Pretend you're Hugh Brown. Okay? Hugh Brown. Hugh Brown. Hugh Jackson, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know who <laughs> Hugh Brown is. Well, you go, I'm sorry, I'm, I mix up. He's Brown. Is that what we do now? We give the coach the, <laughs> the, his new last name is the name of the team. So Todd Jets and uh, Southern Gary, guys. Gary, <laughs> Gary, Gary Bronco. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. All right, but then you're Hugh Jackson. Jacoby Patriots. Yep. <laughs> I'm Hugh Brown. Okay, the owner goes to you. You could either move forward with Josh McCown or whoever the heck it is as your quarterback, but you need to win five more games or you're fired. Or you can move forward with Terrell Pryor as your quarterback and you only have to win three more games. Which one are you doing? Oh, man. I'm If I'm Hugh Brown... I'm Hugh Jackson. I'm definitely going to Real Pryor. I mean, I don't think Josh McCown's going to come back anytime soon. I think he's seriously hurt. Oh, so I didn't even know that. I'm sorry. So I think the question is, Cody Kessler, are you still eating Skittles? Can't you just not eat while we record? We don't record for that long. Can't you just not eat? God, I don't ask for much. I forgot that it was Cody Kessler. It All was right, Cody so change it. It's Cody Kessler, five games in a Um. So, like, if I go the prior route, does he have to take every snap? Yes. Oh, man. He is your quarterback. Like, he is your quarterback. Right. I'm probably going to go Terrell Pryor. I'm not going to lie. He was a stud yesterday. If I'm the Browns, I probably, like, I know it stinks because they have a couple of real playmakers, you know, at wideout, especially getting Josh Gordon back in a couple weeks. You want them on the beer option. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Run run every single play. Run with Pryor. I mean, he was a monster yesterday. I, I have to get this box score up so I can tell you how big of a monster he was. He ran for, like... What does he run for? He, he was the first player ever to do whatever the stats you were saying, you're going to say, by the way. Yeah, so so Terrell Pryor throws five passes. He completes three of them for 35 yards. Yeah! He took a sack. Uh, runs four times for 21 yards Woo! with one touchdown. And he catches eight balls for 144 yards. Holy smokes. Yeah, I mean, it was an impressive day for That's him. That's Jacoby Brissett-like talent right there. Pretty much, if not better. Um, whoa, I, whoa, whoa, hold on on the hyperball. <laughs> The Browns were without uh, Corey Coleman yesterday. Again, they get uh, what's-his-face back. <laughs> your, your, your boy, Josh Gordon. But listen, we haven't seen Josh Gordon on an NFL field. What's his Our hard-hitting NFL analysts. You called him Hugh Brown. You called the coach of the Browns Hugh Brown, all right? You Rex can't Bills. get me for any- Yeah, you can't get me at anything for that. Well, uh, whatever. That, that's actually funny. They. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast the other night that was talking about the Bills. And instead of calling him Greg Roman, they referred to him as Bill Roman. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just keep taking names of teams and throwing them on guys. Jeff I, Rams. <laughs> be a Pete Seahawks. I don't want to do this anymore. I do. I like it. It's pretty Bill funny. Bill O. Texans. 
<laughs> you got to add the O in there. Yeah, for you got sure. um, All right. I like getting the O to everybody's last name or the Nick. I think that, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the best one, though, probably has to be Ron Panthers. Just <laughs> Panthers is a, is a good name. Uh, Who coaches the Jaguars? Uh, isn't it, um, is, is it Gus Bradley? Is that so Gus Jaguars? Gus Jaguars. Is Gus Bradley the coach? Who coaches the Jaguars? I, know, I think you're right. It's Gus Bradley. I think you're right. So who, who do you take in, in your question you're asking? It is Gus Bradley. No, Terrell Pryor. So I just wanted to talk about Terrell Pryor. So yeah, too. yeah I, only- Or I would trade for Braxton Miller and let him and Pryor split steps. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, And I, I, they already have, oh no, they don't. If I, then I would trade for Nick Marshall, who's on the Jaguars, who plays cornerback for them. And have him play some quarterback if people remember he was the quarterback for Auburn back in the day. Sure, man. Maybe you can get uh in his battle? Yeah, I was gonna say who was it that was on the uh the Steelers all those years? Antoine Randall L. Get Antoine, Antoine Randall L on the team. Shane Wynn? Yeah, we'll keep keep naming him Brad Smith. Anyway, uh, anybody that ever played quarterback in college that turned receiver. You can come play for Hugh Brown. I'm Jared. What, what, what was that receiver? Uh, you gotta answer this before we go. Is it Woody Dantzler, the Clemson guy? The quarterback he played for the Cowboys for a couple years. I don't know. Woody Dance. Woody Dancers. Woody Dancer. Are we just doing funny names, or are we doing guys who play quarterback? It is. It's, his name is Woody Dancer. He played quarterback in college, and then he played re, uh, return specialist and running back in the NFL. Woody Dancer. Yeah, that name does sound familiar. He played for the Cowboys in 02, Falcons all three back in with the Cowboys in 05. Then he went to Frankfurt Galaxy, Chicago Rush. Rush. Yeah, Woody Dantzler. Woo! Wow, big things here. Speaking of uh, Woody Dantzler, I, I got nothing. I think Matt LeBlanc <laughs> looks like Tony Danza. That's what I got. Whoa! Old Matt LeBlanc looks like old Tony Danza. I'm, I'm here for that. Yep, that's my hot take. Tony Danza would kick somebody's butt. He's pretty jacked still, Tony Danza. He's Wasn't he boss. a boxer? He Was is he? the boss. I, that dynamic of that show was always super creepy. We're not talking about who's the boss today, but yeah. Angela, was, or not Angela, Monica? What's the mother's name? Uh, Mo, something with an M. Monique? Mon, it couldn't have been Monique, but Mon- I, I want to say. <laughs> it was Monica, right? No, I don't think so. Um, gosh, now we have to IMDb. Who is the boss mom? I feel like this is not going to show up. with an M. I can't believe we're doing this. Dead, who's the dead boss? air. Dead air. So dead air. Angela. Her name was Angela. Not her, Angela Bauer. I'm her mom. Oh, Mona. Yeah, yeah. Mo- Mona Robinson. Mona. Yeah. It was Mona. Yeah, Mona. she was. She was a. She was a golden girl, but you know, like she was like, like Blanche. No, 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 no. She no, like Blanche a little bit. I'm Jared. Thank you guys for listening. We wouldn't be surprised if you stopped listening a long time ago. But shout out to Hugh Brown and Jacoby Brissett and the rest of the gang. You can find my basketball stuff at Today's Fast Break. Find me on Twitter at... I I got it right, didn't I? No, I'm laughing at the names of some of the characters. I'm the boss. Catch me on Twitter at... <laughs> Willie Jay- Billy Napoli. Congratulations to Paul Pierce. You got one more year coming to you. Joe, tell the good people where they could find you. No, you can find me everywhere. You can find me on the mean streets of Twitter at Joseph Nardone. You can find me at Today's Fast Break where I haven't written a word in about a week and a half. You can find me at Today's You, where I write words every single day. And you can find me at the Relatively Speaking Podcast, Mondays and Fridays. We record this podcast. I was just going to say something so important, and now I lost it. What was, well, come on. It was about Chicago Reset? No, it was about John Elway. Make sure you get on Twitter today and that you at somebody who was wrong about something for one day. Today is the day to get at them. John Elway is... He set the away. bar. He set the bar. Thanks for listening, guys. Woo!
All around me are familiar websites, worn out clickbait, worn out hotcakes, bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking, no one's clicking. Their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers. Not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The internet, in which I'm worthless, is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. Mad world.